Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. Surrender now and capitulate, or you will be, or we will open fire on you. And then you hear the two, two of the Ukrainian guys talking, and they're like, "Is this it?" And the other one's like, "Yeah, pretty much." He's like, "Should I say it? Go fuck yourself, Russian warship." <laughs> Welcome in to this edition of Libservative on a, I guess, Corey, this is a uh, not-so-fun Friday as we've had uh, in, yeah. in recent weeks. We didn't even put any banners together. We weren't really sure how we wanted to do this because it all kind of developed so quickly. But uh, most of today's show is going to be uh, focused around the conflict in Ukraine. It's what's going on in the world. It's extraordinarily important. Um, one of the things we're not going to do, or at least... Not going to do a lot of uh, on today's episode is going to be kind of talking about what's going on in the current moment because it's been so fluid, it's been so fast moving. I mean, things could spin on a dime, you know, by the time Corey and I are done recording here. Uh, but before I get into how we're going to set up this episode, this experimental episode, I guess you could say, of Libservative, he's Corey Walsh. And he is. Dan Griffin. This and is, Dan, what are you drinking? This is Libservative, and I am drinking the uh, a very, very stiff, dirty martini this evening. I mean, anybody who's watched the show more than once knows that I tend to like to get after the martinis when things hit the fan. So here we go. It's, it's, it's the perfect, <laughs> perfect night. for. I should have poured some sort of Ukrainian beverage this evening, but I didn't even think about it. Some sort yes. of... Yes. Maybe maybe next week, but hopefully the love you, Ukraine. Hopefully the Ukrainians will. Uh, it'll be all over. The Ukrainians will blow the Ruskies off uh, <laughs> off the uh, off off their land, and we'll be done. I doubt it. But anyway, what are you drinking? I got some uh, some Remus George Remus bourbon. I don't know. It's not my Basil Hayden's, but I like it. And the story of George Remus is pretty cool. And the fact that the Great Gatsby might be based on him makes me like it a little bit more. And real quick, I want to say to everyone who's watching, take a quick second to uh, like and subscribe to our show on whatever platform you're watching this on. And uh, like, follow, and share uh, all of our podcast platforms or our social media platforms. Go hop on. You can join the conversations in our posts that we make. And uh, yeah, make sure to give us a rating too. That's all. That's it. There's nothing else. Shameless plug for the show. Drinking some George Remus. You absolutely had to do Poured it. one out for uh, our Ukrainian friends. I don't know what else we're going to get to in this show besides, you know, sort of breaking down the situation in Ukraine. You know, some of the things we definitely wanted to get to that maybe we, we won't get to, uh, you know, maybe hopefully things will die down and we'll be able to talk about things like this next week. But we definitely wanted to talk about the end of the trucker convoy in Canada because there was some there was some autocratic shit, <laughs> hardcore autocratic shit that happened uh, to basically end that protest, uh, we wanted to talk about Biden's. Uh, um, what am I? Why am I having a brain fart? Oh, Supreme Court nomination. Um, it's a good one. Swiss banks exposing folks. Joe Rogan updates that kind of stuff. But this this show is really going to be centered around Ukraine. And what I wanted to do is 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 set it up in a way that we can kind of talk this through rationally as two human beings that are that are living through this thing 
live just like two the rest intellectual of the world. idiots intellectual doing our best idiots. to navigate through propaganda and a crazy we woke up and the world's a whole lot different today did you read, was. did you just read that from somewhere <laughs> no i made that up on the fly and first thing i want to say is i want to apologize to the listeners because i uh a couple episodes ago i was sure i was so sure that it wouldn't get to this point in ukraine um i said on this show i'm like with the it's i i that it wasn't going to happen. It was going to get to the point that it was pretty much at where everyone was kind of like backing down saying that Ukraine wasn't going to join NATO. And I said, it was all a geopolitical mess and that that was going to be the point where things fizzled out based on historical context, based on the economy and how it would make sense for a country like Russia. Like they had the Nord Stream 2 pipeline on the line. They had a bunch of European economic ties on the line it doesn't make geopolitical sense it doesn't make the economic sense it doesn't make any sense and so i made these i made a decision based on these logical points that russia wouldn't be joining uh i mean russia wouldn't be doing anything to ukraine the only thing i didn't take into factor was we are actually dealing with a illogically flawed person and in saying that a crazy person I, yeah a crazy person you know like we you know the the last episode we had it opens up and you're talking about how putin was smarter than a lot of the other leaders and i feel like a lot of us had like a certain respect for a guy who we thought was very measured and tactical and this type of thing and we thought that he was playing like a 4d chess game getting what he wanted in ukraine and then he made that speech talking about how he wants to uh, enlarge russia back to its former glory and he showed his true cards and the guy is a fucking psycho and we can sit here and, and we can also talk about how we didn't trust and which will break into this more, how we didn't trust our own intelligence on this, a lot of this stuff. And I think ultimately though, now that the lines are being drawn, there is a war that is happening. When a war happens, lines have to be drawn and fuck the Ruskies, fuck those guys over there. And it's hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not here. Warmongering. I'm not saying we need to jump into the war, but the Ukrainians a hundred percent have my support. Like a sovereign nation is a sovereign nation. And, uh, we, uh, I, I hope that the, based on what we're seeing right now, the early reports coming out, I hope that the Ukrainians spank the Russians. Now you, you don't really mean, you don't really mean fuck the Ruskies. You're being reactionary here. I think Corey, we, we, Fuck, fuck Putin. Yeah, we're 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 definitely in full support. No, 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 of the no. no. Like, you could tell based on the rep- the protests you see happening in uh, Russia that the the Ruskies <laughs> aren't aren't fans of this either. This is 1958. We've said Ruskies like seven times already in this. I know it, it is 1958, dude. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean <laughs> like, that's look, what I'm saying, Corey. You, you're you're not the only one who got it wrong, right? I mean, we've got people that w- myself, you. You know, folks that we really respect, like the Matt, Ta- the, the the Matt Taibis of the world. Um, he even came out and said that he took too much stock in this Western hubris that I think is is a real that it actually is an issue, right? The West isn't. Um, they're they're definitely not innocent in this whole thing. However, you know, if you're if you're pers- 
putting percentages on blame, I'm going 95% Putin, 5% on the West, at least as of right now. Yeah. Until yeah, more details uh, come out. But Biden said in his speech that, uh, you know, it was unprovoked, unjustified, and immoral. And he's 99% right. You know, we did with a bullshit group that was for the Soviet army when the Soviet army wasn't there anymore. Uh, we did constantly put geopolitical chess pieces in a threatening manner against Russia, but that doesn't give anyone any sort of fucking right to go in and kill innocent people in the, in a country that isn't even a part of what you're pissed off about. Yeah, what did you, what did you say? He said, I can't remember. You said it was unprovoked, immoral uh, and what unjustified else? and immoral. Unjustified, yes. Immoral, yes. Unprovoked. Unprovoked. Mm, not exactly. I mean, I guess unprovoked would be a subjective term in this place, in this space. Yeah. And we didn't put troops in Ukraine. We didn't. We were literally doing everything we could in diplomacy. You know, Biden did his damnedest, but unfortunately, years and years and years of bad blood, a bunch of old senile heads, and Cold War ideology superseded any sort of measurement of of a uh, an aid a uh, a measured approach to what's happening right now and in boy, the short time when there's 30 years of all this stuff I, another know, a person just commented they said i think we need to realize i think we need to realize that pretty much the entire west is run by superficial nitwits i think it's completely predictable how putin has reacted to this stupidity in the rest and that's kind of what i was saying about the unprovokedness now granted it doesn't justify what putin did not at all but, you know, it, it got to this point, and not just from one side, it takes two to tango. I think in, in some of the ways I feel like I personally got it wrong, because I was with you, I, I thought that this was political posturing, that this was a way for Putin and Biden to both get what they wanted. Putin's, Putin's approval rating is absolutely, or I'm sorry, Biden's approval rating is absolutely atrocious. He needed some sort of a foreign policy or geopolitical win to, you know, perhaps boost those numbers a little bit. And then Putin... I always just kind of viewed him as like as like sort of a cartoon character who's obsessed with giving off this illusion of strength rather than actually showing it, right? Like you think of the paintings of him on horseback with no shirt on and with his back as stiff as a board. Like that's that's my view of Putin, just this this uh he wants to collect his money, he wants to be the the kleptocrat that he is, stealing from his own nation and he just wants to show that or, or, or give off the illusion that he's powerful. But one of the things that I didn't take into consideration were things like the fact that, especially over COVID, the Russian economy has, has barely grown. I mean, their GDP growth over the last five years is like 0.5%. I actually had the numbers in front of me. And uh, here it is. Uh, yeah, 0.5% five-year average. That's 162nd in the world, Corey. 2.3% over last year, that's 128th in the world, and they are 11th overall in GDP in the world. The countries that that puts them behind is pretty bad. <laughs> so it's almost like, you know, Putin's also going to be 70 years old, I want to say, in October. And his ability to build a legacy is is kind of running out. And so... I think there's a chance that there was there was a period of time where maybe he was a little bit smarter and a little bit more tactical, but there's there's definitely a chance now that he's sort of panicking and just needing a figure out needing a way to figure out how to build their legacy with with you know their GDP falling in the in the global rankings. Basically, the only way they make money now is by selling oil to Europe, 
which is just a whole nother can of worms that, you know, what do you do if you basically force Russia to stop selling oil to Europe? That's going to raise gas prices like crazy all throughout the EU. Um, so that's going to suck. But I the, the lack of trust in media and foreign intelligence is is something that's really stuck with me because I've thought about the way we feel about our own media whether you're talking about the legacy media, whether it's the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, New York Post, any of the three cable networks, we we almost look at every time they say something and we go, that's probably bullshit for some reason. Yeah. I and mean, so like, when they say when, about- when they say that Russia's gonna invade Ukraine, we go, Are they though? Really? Right. Exactly. Yeah. We we have a healthy dose of skepticism. And this time we were wrong. Our intelligence actually did get it right. And it's, and it is to use the word again, justified to think that we can have a healthy dose of skepticism when it, skepticism when it comes to our own intelligence. For example, a whole day and a half before Russia invaded, they were saying that Russia already invaded. Mm-hmm. And now you remember, I said that's bullshit. They didn't because I knew there would be Twitter feed of a bunch of just fodder of just videos of things happening, as evidenced by when they actually did invade. That's what we saw. Um, you know, our, our intelligence lies to us often. We talked about uh, Nicaragua. We talk about all these other, other proxy countries that America messes with all the time. So when this happened, we were like, oh, here we go. Saber rattling. It ain't going to get that far because in all reality, it never really got like that with Russia throughout the whole cold war. It got to that point where it was close. There was a like, actually, I don't know. Something like this might have happened during the Cold War. I'm trying to think. It got pretty tense at some points, but like we were so far past that that it just it didn't seem realistic to us who grew up post Soviet Union. And we had gotten used to, uh, you know, whatever presidential administration. Whether you're talking about how, how long has Putin's been president? I think officially since 2012. So we're talking about Obama, we're talking about Trump, and we're talking about Biden. It was through all three of those administrations, it was just a bunch of, well, you you better not, you just you you better not, and then it all it all goes away, and then you know, 2014 obviously happens, the annexation of Crimea, and I think right. that gave, and even that had a reasonable, not oh god, I don't want to use that word reasonable, but even that, I guess, had logic behind it because it was a coup. That was instituted by America in 2014, and Putin took over his area where his naval base was. So it's like, okay, that's why we didn't respond so crazily because we got our hands caught in the cookie jar. Do you think that gave? So Putin I thought it was going to be a remake of another proxy thing happening in Ukraine. I really didn't think it was going to get this far. I th- I did not think that Putin would isolate himself and do what he's doing with all of the economic. Uh, policies and everything he had on the line, like Nord Stream Two was getting built, and all this stuff, and I just, I just didn't see it. Oh, geopolitically, it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> for right, for, but that's- you know what actually makes me sad about it is the fact that uh, I've had people actually like say to me with kind of a shit-eating grin, you know, like, oh, <laughs> well, you were wrong. Oh, and it's like, yeah, you know what? I am wrong. I guess I was uh, pragmatically optimistic about the whole scenario and guess what i am wrong and now people are dying so it's like yeah good. and that that kind of glad up, glad you got me that kind of brings up the domestic angle of this whole thing because it just goes to show how just out of touch 
um, much of American society is, right? We can't even, and, and I think that actually gave Putin a little bit more confidence to go through and do this, right? Because what do you see? I mean, Twitter's a cesspool. I've actually been trying to avoid it for the last few days just because I just, I don't want to see, well, well, if Trump were president, then this wouldn't have happened or Biden's a weak leader. And like, even if these things are true, let's just pretend that these things are true. If Trump's president, they don't invade. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because he's not. He's not president. And Biden, yeah, Biden what being, if scenario, Biden being a weak leader. Again, that might be true. Why is it helpful to sit there and point that out? This is what Putin sees. Putin, we've been over this a couple of times. Putin doesn't give a fuck who our president is. Putin doesn't care. He wants the unrest in our country. He wants us fighting with each other because that's what makes a democracy look weak. And that is exactly what he wants. And so I think because of that, because of, you know, the the the, the infighting that we seem to have here all the time over nonsense instead of. We, we can't even agree in a consensus who the actual president is. We can't even agree on who won the election. Like that to me, that is that is the American weakness. That is the Western weakness right there. And that's what Putin sees. Not Biden's a weak leader or Trump. If Trump was president, they wouldn't have invaded. He doesn't care about that shit. And Trump, by the way, is not helping anything. Going on, I can't remember what the hell show it was on, but I heard the clip earlier today. Oh, and he's saying uh, oh, Putin's a smart man and stuff like that. Man. What You're a genius. fucking joke! I mean, not to. I mean, let's be fair though. I said that too last week, <laughs> but I was wrong. Do you think Trump would ever admit he was wrong? No. no, no, not helping anything there, Donald. You're not helping, and that's and that's no surprise. He doesn't have any interest in helping the American people. He doesn't have any interest in helping Ukraine. He doesn't have any interest in any of that. He has interest in helping himself. We know this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, F- fucking Trump, man. I don't get, it. I don't understand why he's still cozying up. Does he think in some weird way this is going to help alleviate some sort of issue? It's just driving a wedge domestically at home. Which at that up, point he is being a useful idiot. Which drives up we the American said, weakness, which is what Putin's exactly looking for. I don't mm-hmm. understand why this is so difficult to see. Yeah, like I said a second ago, when lines are drawn, lines are drawn, and. Putin clearly showed his hand that he is a piece of shit. There's videos of Russian tanks uh, running over citizens. Uh, there's cap- there's videos of captured Russians talking about how they were told to shoot anybody, civilians and all. So there's been there's been hospitals bombed. Like kids are dying. It's but it's not ha right. ha ha. We own the libs. Yeah, we own, we the, own libs. the libs. Biden's a weak leader. It's just like, come on, dude. What what are we doing here? Which you know what? Biden's actually I give him props. He's showing a consistency of like being measured and not wanting to show this military force right away. He pulled troops out of Afghanistan. And if this was Trump, we might be in actual war. We might actually have American soldiers facing eye to eye with Russian soldiers soldiers. Because when you listen Here's, to pumps, but wait a minute, Corey, to- wait a minute. Before you continue with that statement, let me tell you why that wouldn't work. Somehow, the uh, view on war has completely flip flopped since two thousand and two. Right in two thousand and two, right before we go into Iraq, it's the Republicans that are the that are the you know the neoconservative pumping up the uh, uh, the war machine trying to invade Iraq, 
And now, now, don't get me wrong, establishment Democrats were also behind it at the time. But now it's almost had this weird societal flip-flop where, you know, Democrats are for the for wars and, and Republicans aren't. I mean, look at the things Tucker Carlson's been saying over the past mm-hmm. week and a half. You know, kind of I haven't listened to him Putin. since the actual invasion. Has he changed his tune? I haven't. Has he admitted he was wrong like we did? Because we were... God. No, I I I felt like shit on Thursday. It's like, damn. Like, maybe I shouldn't have put myself... Oh, look who's here. It's Dakota. Dakota joined us. Welcome, (laughs) sir. But, uh, but yeah, it, uh... It's insane to me. Legend said, uh, Trump is the odd man out. He hasn't started any wars. No, he hasn't, actually. You're right. He didn't start any new wars. And in retrospect... That's a good thing. And you could almost say the same thing about Biden for right now, but we'll see how the uh, military industrial complex actually pulls into the fold or not. Well, and it's just another one of those things like, you but yeah, I, legend. You, sorry. That is one of the biggest things I gave Trump props for was the fact that he didn't actually start any wars. He almost did not for lack of trying when he killed the uh, general Soleimani in Iran. That was a legitimate war act. It could have been, and it could have been bad. Well, I mean, it was a legitimate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he uh, he no, he actually legitimately. Uh, that was a legitimate like a war act, and when it happened, it was killing a, an actual Iranian official on sovereign on another sovereign country's land in Iraq, and then after that, Iran tried to send one of their representatives to the the embassy to talk about it, and they couldn't. And then they had their response measured in sending missiles to one of our bases. And under, I think it's section five of the UN code, what Iran did was actually within code of the United Nations war measures. And it's just, yeah, it's just, I don't know that. Well, yeah, but for lack of, not for lack of trying. Everything is a lose, lose situation, right? With the polarization. So if you look at whether, whether it's, whether it's Trump in office right now, or it's as is with, with Joe Biden, you don't take action. 50% 50% of the country is going to shit on you. You do take action. 50% of the country is going to shit on you because it's it's everything. And this, this goes back to what Putin sees as weakness. Everything comes back to culture war, identity, politics, bullshit. All of it. All yeah, the time. Yeah. And that's what we're so home. sick of. That's what, that's, that's what you and I talk about on this show all the time. It's like, Take a take a fucking step back. Let's stop talking about critical race theory for ten minutes, and let's like let's look at what's actually going on here. And nobody wants to do that. Nobody has time to do that. It's just oh, the uh, type of media that I like to listen to said this. Okay, well I guess we'll just go with that and fuck the Dems or fuck the Republicans or you know fuck the libtards or wh- whoever the hell wh- whoever you don't like. That's that's the American weakness. It has nothing to do with who the actual leader is. And I could actually get behind the statement that Biden is a weak president. You know, I don't like him, Corey. We've talked about it a ton of times. Yeah, because I'm we keep talking about, you know, choosing between two bowls of shit, which has been basically the last six elections. So I don't really care about Biden being a weak leader that that discussion doesn't really help anything right now because fifty percent of the country is going right. to think that anyway. And you want to say something else? You know, it's it's interesting. Is uh, when you look back on the presidency of uh, Trump, the reason why the Ukrainians actually might have a fighting chance right now is because of Trump. Remember, he was selling them weapons. He's the one that said we need to give them better weapons to fight Russia. But then, <laughs> but like that's forgotten because as soon as he 
he approved it. He then tried to hold the money back yeah. <laughs> from from Ukraine. And it's just, yeah, but like, it could be argued that right now Ukraine has, but at the same time, when we talk about now what's happening there, and now that our secret intelligence actually has a little bit of legit- legitimacy again, maybe the writing on this, writing on the wall for this was there for a little bit longer. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I, you know. I don't know if you wanted to get into this. I sure did about what Putin actually wants here. Yeah, yeah, because, let's do it. Because that's another thing that we got wrong, right? Like I thought, I just thought Putin, Putin was posturing and he was gonna, you know, make himself seem strong and get back up on his horse naked and haha, Russia's so strong. Look at us. Uh, the, uh, clearly, that's not the case. You know, in his speech, and I'm paraphrasing here, right? The speech that he gave right before the invasion or just after the invasion. Um, So he says that he wants to rid Ukraine of Nazis. Now, we've talked about this angle. I think, obviously, and so does the rest of the world, other than maybe China, that that's bullshit. (laughs) That's 100% bullshit. I mean, there are Nazis there, but it's not like it's a group that's going to, like, I don't know. Yeah, good luck. It's it's a bullshit guys to invade a sovereign country good luck playing the uh morality angle if you're vladimir putin trying trying to rid the world of nazis yeah uh at the second one of the second or the second thing that i have written down that he said again this is not verbatim uh that he wants to redraw the lines of europe now that is fucking terrifying in my opinion that is very hitler-esque that is not uh, a fun thing to hear a european power say at any point throughout history and the third thing that I have written down here is that he wants to bring back what was the USSR back to its former glory, which, again, I don't really know when that glory ever really existed, but that's also terrifying. Yeah. And you know what's kind of funny, too? I was thinking about this. When you look at, uh, what was it? It was Operation Barbarossa when uh, the Nazis flew into Russia or like took off into Russia to try to fight them. One of the points that they came in was Ukraine because Ukraine was a part of Russia at the time. And now Russia is learning, <laughs> forgetting its own history that you don't invade Russia in the winter. No, oh, it's a bit cold. It's a bit cold. What's that Eddie Izzard? It's, <laughs> it's a bit Eddie poetic, Izzard isn't it? What's that Eddie Izzard <laughs> joke? Uh, Napoleon invades. Don't go into Eastern Front. Not a good idea. Oh, it's a bit cold. It's a bit cold. Hitler. I got a better <laughs> idea. I've got a better idea. Oh, it's the same idea. It's the same idea. <laughs> <laughs> God, but yeah, I want to give those Ukrainians some props right now. The ghost of Kiev, that's what's trending on Twitter right now. It's this uh, Ukrainian j- fighter pilot. Yeah, you've been keeping an ta- eye on this. I haven't looked into this. Yeah, yeah, this Ukrainian fighter pilot, dude, he's taken down six Russian fighter jets. Well, like some are jets and some are bombers. But it, like one of them was a two-on-one dogfight. Uh with the Ukrainian, uh, the ghost of Kiev fighting two Russian jets at once. And he took them both out. Now this, this is all legend, obviously, but these are just reports coming from the Ukrainian side. Uh, the Ukrainians are fighting like hell. Um, Kiev right now is getting bombarded. There's a pincher movement coming from the North coming, like kind of like enveloping them. The Russians are gaining ground, but with heavy casualties. And, that's evidenced by the fact that Putin already says that he's ready to talk. <laughs> and that's a far cry, but different thing than, uh, than what he was saying in his speech of trying to reunite Ukraine. 
Yeah, and it's we were talking about this a little bit pre-show, Corey, and that is that I we don't know how much of this is is Ukrainian propaganda. I'm going to choose to believe that it's not, at least for now. I'm just going to make that decision to believe that it's not propaganda and it's all 100% accurate because it just makes me feel good. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> when you see some of these videos and you see like... Like there's so many videos coming out of Ukraine. And that's exactly what I was saying before, like when people were trying to say that uh, Russia was invading already. And I called bullshit when it was like 36 hours before. And I was like, no, because you would see videos. Because as soon as he actually did, the videos just started popping up. And there's, and at the end of the show, we're going to share. So, like for the, our podcast listeners, we'll probably cut this part out because it's going to be a lot of visual because it's a lot of foreign languages and stuff. But if you are listening to the podcast, you can always go subscribe on YouTube and, and check out this YouTube, video Twitch, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. All of our videos are on there. And you can go on there and you can see uh, we're going to share some videos of some Russian soldiers talking to uh, some people. I mean, Russian soldiers that have been ki- uh, kidnapped, Ukrainian soldiers that are just kicking ass. And, some bold ass Ukrainian old ladies and adults and children. And it's, it's, it's a sight to see. It's uh we haven't have, haven't had this happen in our lifetime, Dan. So well, that's why, this- th- that's why I've, I've been so just going back and forth emotionally on, on what's going on here. Right. Because this is a big deal, right? This is, this is actual war in Europe. Don't listen. To, I mean, nobody believes what the hell, uh, Putin saying, "Oh, this is just a whatever he said. A what is he being a special yeah, operation like, yeah, and like a military uh, intervention or whatever? Now, this is this you 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 just went to war with a sovereign nation. Like that's what you did. This is war yeah. in Europe. This is something that our generation has never experienced. Our parents' generation, yours, and you have older parents, Corey, you, you have barely experienced this. Were they babies or not even born yet? So." I yeah, have so younger my dad who was born in 46. They didn't see any wars in Europe. They saw right, the skirmishes okay, so okay. in Bosnia and stuff like that. They saw Vietnam. They saw North Korea. Yeah. Uh, so the Middle East wars and stuff like that. But yeah. And the war in Europe, like, like the tone that you're hearing from leaders in Europe is like tones you haven't heard 30, 40, 50, 60 years. It's insane. It's we woke up. We woke up yesterday morning to a different world. Than what we went to bed to. Sorry, I just, <laughs> I, just I had to grab a finish that drink. Oh, I was getting a I was getting a little frog in my throat there. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it, when it when it comes to the seriousness of this, it is serious. But I've gone I've gone back and forth so much emotionally on it because. You know, you, you saw what was going on at first. You saw the original videos. First, you heard that Russia was invading Ukraine, and, you, and like, my heart just sank. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. I wasn't even upset that I was wrong. I was just like, this is, like, I don't care that I was wrong. It just, the fact that it happened. And then- The implication you, of what being wrong meant. I've got you sending me all these updates, because I had to go- I, for 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 anybody who's listening, I had to go to a golf simulator yesterday. Like I had to just get away from my computer. I had to get away from my phone. I went for to a golf simulator for like three hours just to just get away from this. And Corey's sending me updates about Ukraine seems to be holding its own. They just took back one of their airports. Now this is happening, and it, 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 all the Russian soldiers are fat and <laughs> they don't look like <laughs> yeah, they're in like shape. When you see the Russian soldiers, they're all young kids, or it's like older men that are like fat. Now, granted, it doesn't matter how big or small you are. What does Biggie say in one of his songs? He uh, he says something about being able to use a gun. 
like <laughs> but like it doesn't matter your size you can use a gun but like uh yeah it's it's insane to me like it's uh watching all this stuff just happen so fast in real time but you and, and you just seems- brought up you just brought up the fact that uh Ukraine or I'm sorry Russia is uh already talking to the, I think it was the Chinese earlier this afternoon about the possibility of actually going to the negotiating table with Ukraine already. Yeah. That's that's yeah. significant. Um yeah, there's reports that I'm finding that the Ukrainian that the Ukrainian uh, army is their their uh intelligence is coming out with that uh I've seen reports up to like close to 3000 and as low as uh the very lowest I saw but it was only from one was 500 but it seems like it's between like a thousand and twenty eight hundred soldiers of uh of Russia killed, and that's and as there's of, a hundred. That's as there's of a report of one hundred and thirty seven Ukrainians killed. Sorry, go ahead. No, you hold on. Give the numbers again. I interrupt okay. you like an asshole. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like, based on reports coming out of the area, uh, it's saying that between like a thousand and twenty eight hundred uh Russian soldiers have been killed, versus one hundred and thirty eight Ukrainian soldiers. And they're fi- what's crazy too is they're finding a lot of uh like Russian uniforms and trucks just abandoned. Like they're just stripping the shit off and hightailing it out of there. And these these are reports as of the time we're doing this show, it's eight PM Eastern time on February. What is 25th, that in Ukraine? So. What? What's the time difference? I have no idea. You wanna look that up real quick? I'm not a I'm not some sort of geographic whiz. I'm just. What do you? What do you do? Ask Siri. What time is it in Ukraine? Hey Siri. Yeah. Hey Siri. What time is it in Kiev? You bitch. She didn't even answer me. Hey Siri. Real one a.m. <laughs> All right. So it's three o'clock in the morning. On yeah. uh, February twenty sixth, currently in Kiev. Yeah, Dakota just said that it's uh, two o'clock in Germany. Um, and yeah, I don't know if we're, we, I don't know if we'll be able to get Dakota on the show tonight, but we'll definitely have to get him on again because I'm wondering what the uh, the theme in Germany is now. So let's talk. This is what and, it was a week ago, and we it might actually be better to wait on that because of. Uh this is such a fluid situation. We've actually- as I said, I want to like maybe have him on like next week or the week after some figure all this shit out. But another thing I wanted to discuss, Corey was the West's reaction to this because, um, obviously at this point, nobody besides Ukraine is putting any boots on the ground to help Ukraine. Um, right. Weapons and things like that are, are a different discussion, but, um, we're talking about sanctions. We're talking about SWIFT, right? And completely cutting off the Russians from basically using any global banks. Uh, that can have serious consequences, obviously for Russia, but also for the EU. Buys a lot of gas from Russia. I've also seen reports that the Chinese are making some backdoor deals to maybe help buy some of that extra oil uh, from the Russians to help sure, with the it's sanctions. Real cheap right now. Which is very interesting. Well, you'd figure it'd be a lot more expensive, but I'm not an economist. Um, well, just simple supply and demand. Now, all of a sudden, they have a shit ton of supply and no fucking demand. They just have oil sitting around. Yeah. At, well, that, that's true. I 
But then again, communism and supply and demand don't necessarily go hand in hand. <laughs> the Chinese are they, they've been they've been very good at using the global market a little bit better than the Russians historically. So, so yeah, yeah. That. So that's like, that's a weird angle to take too because I was thinking about that. Like, so China is they have their Belt and Road Initiative, but then they're starting their new initiative. I forget what they coined it as, but like it's about bringing all of the Chinese out of poverty. And just bringing all of them more, uh, bringing everyone like their wealth up and stuff in the country. And war is not going to do that for them, if that makes sense. No, uh, it does. Um, you know, regional uh, areas that are close to them, regional disruption will affect their uh, their broad their bottom line. Well, and then it's it's the the other thing that's that you always think about, right? Because as Americans who stay away from the mainstream narrative, we know this. Sanctions generally do not hurt the people that they are supposed to hurt. Right. Sanctions hurt the Russian people. And we've seen throughout the last few days... And, and maybe even within the Russian military itself, Russia doesn't want this war. Like, I, I, feel, right. I feel so bad for the Russian people. But it's like, what do you do? Do you put boots on the ground? Because that's the only other option, right? It's either sanctions or boots on the ground. Like, you have to do something. <sighs> and it's, it's, just, it's just so difficult. It's so or difficult to say. do we get wrapped say, up in dumping billions of dollars into another proxy war? Do you put boots on the ground against a nuclear power? I mean, the, the the possible ramifications for that, you would think that it's pretty obvious that nobody would fire a nuke, but uh, Putin's already demonstrated that he's willing to do something really dumb, which was invade Ukraine. Something that Yeah, all he did was hurt his own people, and for what? His own pride? You know, so when you, when you have, you know, people on the right saying or whoever it is, the neocon, I'm not even going to say the right or the left, it doesn't even matter. The neocons that actually want to put boots on the ground. Okay. It's the neolibs that want to put boots on the ground. At this point, yeah. Then Anything neo at this point. Uh, we need to get the matrix open. Um, so, that was a bad joke. Uh, so, <laughs> what do you, what do you, I just don't think it's as simple as that, right? Like, you had to do something, but sanctions don't work because all they do is hurt the population. But you don't want to put boots on the ground because now you are you're in you're in a, a a you're in actual combat with another nuclear power, which is everything that everyone has feared since 1945. Yeah, you're speechless. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, you kind of nailed it on the head there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like there's no there's no simple solution here and and that's one of the advantages that Putin has here is he knows that he knows yeah that. yeah it's we're we're America in itself is in a position of being war weary all like the whole world is now put in a position of superpowers yet again button heads to where it can easily, as evidenced by how fast Ukraine escalated, it can easily escalate into a scenario where 
there is no turning back and it's really, really, really bad. And millions of people died just from a couple bombs. Well, and another thing that Putin did really well here is like he he's definitely crazy. He's not as smart as I originally thought he might have been. But another thing that Putin noticed wasn't just the West's uh, instability politically in that, as we talked about earlier, in America, we can't even agree on who the rightful president is. Um, But also, as you said, our war weariness, right? Like, we invaded Afghanistan, and that... you You could defend that, right? Like you could find a way around defending the fact that we invaded Afghanistan, 9-11 happened. But if you, you know, obviously if you take it back historically far enough, as a, as as the, the United States actually has some uh, fault in the fact that 9-11 happened in the first place, if you go back to providing weapons to the Mujahideen and all of the ways that we've made the Middle East unstable, you know, you, you, you could definitely get into the weeds on that, right? But you could you could at least justify invading Afghanistan as revenge for 9-11, right? You could, yeah, you can justify going in and kicking in doors trying to find the people. You'll well, never you, be able to justify but that the t- occupation and what came afterwards. Exactly. That turned into a 20-year war that we essentially lost. Uh, Iraq was a war that we never should have even started. Yeah, that one's not justified at all. Not justified. And it's all of these different and again, things. And lost. Yeah. And that's all those different things that we talk about on the show. Like, the way we, like, because America isn't innocent. We meddle in a bunch of stuff. So when it comes down to our intelligence itself, when we talk about things, that's why we're a little skeptical. That's what we do on our show. We follow the money. We try to uh, expose the corruption. And, and we challenge ourselves. And we challenge ourselves. And I think that's what put you and I in, in this position to where we were like, yeah, there's no way. There's no way this is going to happen because it, there's no way it could be justified. Because I guess the way our, our media does spin it to us, that even when we are at fault, well, it was justified. And this is just, it's, it's, he's, it's not right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I'm still trying to formulate the words for this because I, one, I just, I can't believe he's doing it. And well, it's like, if we, if we go back to, if we, let's, let's regroup. If you go back to the beginning of the episode, right? He's an older man. His country's GDP is, fa- is faltering. His, uh, his, his legacy isn't looking so good, right? And not to mention, the West, that little 10% of fault that maybe the West has in this, if you sit there and you poke an old bear so many times, eventually he's going to respond. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, like, that's what I was trying to say, is like the poking and prodding, you know, and... 30 and you know at this point 80 years of bad blood actually no longer than that 100 years if you want to go all the way back to the red scare yeah 100 years of bad blood old heads and cold war thinking i we weren't 100 innocent in poking this to happen 
But that does not give Putin a pass for what he did. And like I said no, earlier, absolutely. now that the lines are drawn, now that he exposed his hand, the lines are drawn, and this is like this is almost a scenario to where we don't get to like even call the hypocrisy, even though because the hypocrisy was there, the hypocrisy happened that led us to this point. But now that we're in this point and people are dying, you, you, you we almost it's like you got to pick a side, and Putin is not the side to be on. And when we come, when we talk about context and talking about what leads up to this, sure, sure, yeah. But now that we're at this point, no. But that's no, the no, thing. No. I don't think I don't think anybody's on the side of Putin. I think where it where where it all falls apart, at least here domestically in America, is we gotta find somebody to even even when something on a global scale happens. That that doesn't directly affect Americans. We have to find somebody domestically to blame. It's your neighbor's fault because he voted for Joe Biden. You know what I'm saying? Like the, yeah. the, the, like this. The, that's what disgusts me about having this conversation with with anybody on a social media platform, like. Putin Putin invaded Ukraine because your neighbor voted a certain way. Like do yeah, you, do you yeah, not understand yeah. how fucking insane that is? Yeah, and so I just went on that little tangent talking about how at this point the lines are being drawn and we have to pick a side or whatever. But you can't when it comes to talking about picking that side, you have a bunch of people who don't know anything about Ukraine. Don't know anything about 2014. Don't know anything about our encroachment since the 90s. On but Biden's a weak leader. Like that. So, yeah. So, people are acting like all of a sudden it's up. Oh, it was Biden. Like, Biden one day woke up and decided that, yeah, it's, we're going to make this happen. No, it's not that. This probably would have happened under Trump, too. Gas prices are really that. high. Thanks, Uncle Joe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like it, it makes me so mad too, Corey. Hang on, just one second, because I just got upset for a second. It makes me so. It makes me so mad because I don't like Joe Biden, and people right. people always accuse me of liking Joe Biden. But it's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to defend him when what you're saying has absolutely nothing to fucking do with him. Right, I would have done the same annoyed. thing for Donald Trump. I would have done the same thing for Donald Trump. Maybe not in 2016, because I did have Trump derangement syndrome, as I've mentioned many times on this show. But now, today, if Trump were president, still, I would be saying the exact same thing. It doesn't take that much effort to understand the at least the minimal amount of what's actually going on. Gas prices are high. <laughs> President's fault. That's the biggest pet peeve I have. You can you can go ahead. I was just mad there for a second. I'm I'm calling Yeah, down. no, and it's it's kind of what I was saying. It's like it's what's happening now isn't just something that just happened. This is a culmination of years and years and years of missteps on both sides to where and I think what really hurts me too is I always thought that there would be that cooler heads would prevail. But it's like I said, bad blood is what uh bad blood of years and years and years is just too strong. Just too strong for level heads right now. Yeah. And you know, it's it you, you always have to turn to the simple answer. 
You always have to turn to the simple answer. Everybody looks for that simple answer to a complicated yeah, because issue. Because then you can compartmentalize it. That's one decision you don't have to think about. You compartmentalize and go, oh, it was Biden. You close that chapter of the book, and then you get on with your life because you got to worry about your bills, feeding your kids, working all these hours and things like that, that people don't take the time to like actually break this down in a critical matter to where it's like this, it looks like this was bound to happen when you, when the writing is on the wall and you look at it now, when you add the fact that Putin is a crazy fucking bastard, uh, this is going to happen. Sorry, I was looking for a, I was looking for an old comment. Um, <clears throat> I think it was from Legend who had left us. Um, I can't find it in here, but I, I will. I will say, <clears throat> basically, what I don't know what the hell stuck in my throat here. Um, that he doesn't think that democracy is the problem with the West. This was a great comment. I wish I could find it in here. See if you can find it while I'm talking, Corey. That he doesn't. I don't. You're right. This one right here. Yes, I don't think democracy is a problem with the West. If you think. If you think that, then the communists won the Cold War. And I agree with that statement fundamentally. And I, I also don't think that democracy is a problem with the West, but we are exposing issues you know, with democracy that democracy can be, um, I, guess, I guess, hijacked. By special interests and oligarchies. Yeah, it's it, it's something that's totally possible. I, I do I, I I still firmly believe that democracy is the best system, even with all the bullshit that we go through here in the United States. I'm still free. Like I can still jump in my truck and go play golf whenever I want. I can even buy weed now here in Michigan. I can do all sorts of things. I, I we mean, can no- sit here and say it about our president, fuck him, and then not all of a sudden have the KGB kicking in doors and our news and our feed getting nixed. Yeah, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely I'm I'm so happy about that. That's the good part of what we've developed here in America as as as, as, as having a democracy. It's arguably that democracy is one of the reasons that we haven't had wars for 70 years in the in Europe. And also there is a bad part of democracy. It can be taken advantage of by special interests, by oligarchs corporate oligarchs how do we fix that i don't know i have no fucking idea but i will acknowledge that that is a problem that exists does that mean i want to change does that mean i want to become china no i don't want to be i don't want to be china but i will say this this is this is this is a philosophy that i've had for about 5 years now you have a choice you can either be an autocracy, whether you want to, whether you want to be fascist, whether you want to be communist, uh, whether you want to be actual socialist, and we can talk about the differences in socialism till we're blue in the face, or whether you want to be a democracy, a democratic republic, you can either be free or you can be efficient. You cannot be both. Does that make sense? That makes absolute sense. Democracy is messy. Why do you think the Chinese are dominating Africa? They're even making headway in in South America. Because autocracies are efficient because there's just one place to go. Now if if you have a if you have a decent strategic autocrat, which Xi Jinping seems to be, is he evil? Is he killing people? Is he throwing Uyghurs in, in camps and, 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 and hurting his own people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. But guess what? 
The Chinese economy is doing really, really well. And they're quick to make decisions. They're quick to get things done. That's why they were, you know, during COVID, they were able to build a fucking 400 hospitals in 28 days or whatever the hell it was. I, I made those numbers up, but it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was crazy. something pretty insane like that. But well, there's, in there's a democracy, a, there's a lot of bureaucracy to go through. So you can, it takes be, two years to change the name of a school. You can either be free or you can be efficient. Which one do you want? I'll take free. free. I'll take I'd free. rather be dead than red, Dan. I know that. I know that, Corey. <laughs> anyway, oh, we're 52 but minutes yeah. in, Corey. I think What'd you I, say? I, we're 52 minutes in. We got off on a couple of little special tangents there that was actually kind of fun. Yeah, it just it's yeah, it's just it's insane to me. We are witnessing history being a part of the millennial generation. We have never seen anything like this. Not like this. We've never seen an invasion that didn't make sense. You ready? To get- well, may I, I, I rack, I guess, but at the time. You ready to get into like the, uh, we don't have any monologues tonight. As I said, Corey and I, we, uh, this was, this was kind of thrown together because we, we wanted to get into the Ukraine situation and, um, we don't even have any interesting banners as you've probably seen if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, but Corey does have a special video segment. If you're ready to get into that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can yeah, go we ahead. can end up. We can end with this. Um, yep. I'm gonna say real quick. If you like the show, like, listen, and follow. We are on all of your uh, social media and podcast platforms. You can find us on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Twitch at Libservative Pod. We you can find our monologues that we usually read on the show at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. And then you can find us on Facebook at Libservative. You can find our podcast on all podcast platforms that you prefer. Well, man, that you prefer. <laughs> and uh, like, lot of, like, follow, and share. Uh, come join the conversation. We constantly post. We like to get the feedback from the from the people. Uh, it helps us because you know when you have feedback from all different people, it helps you create a better. It adds more context and helps you create a more open-minded opinion on things. Uh, yeah, come join the conversation. And then if you like what you hear on the show, go ahead and tell a friend. Because I'm sure you have one friend that you decompress with when it comes to these type of things. And if you like the show, your friend might like it too. And then you just have something to talk about. And if you don't uh, have that friend, you can talk to us. So please. We'll be here. Yeah. Join <laughs> the community. We'll and have if a great time talking. So if you're listening to the uh, audio version here on the podcast, if you want to see our special video segment, uh, please uh, find us on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. And until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. And we are out of here.